Hello, this is Ian Harper welcoming you to Business of Weather podcast, produced in association with Intermet Digital, the online portal dedicated to extreme weather and climate change, flooding and poor air quality. In each episode, we'll investigate the increasing impact of extreme weather and climate change on business and society, and how weather technology and information services can address the growing challenges. We'll also spotlight the opportunities for entrepreneurs and startups to develop the business potential of assisting weather-affected enterprises. There's no saying in journalism, if you want to know what's really going on, then follow the money. And never was this more true than in the context of climate change. In particular, the movement of investment funds out of companies judged to harm the environment and into companies offering climate solutions. In this episode of Business of Weather, we take a look at how one of Europe's major fund managers is dealing with the challenges and the opportunities of climate change. Storebrand Asset Management is a leading player in the Nordic market, managing 91 billion US dollars on behalf of investors ranging from pension funds to individuals. It is one of the founding signatories of the UN Principles of Responsible Investment. A founding member of the UN convened Net Zero Asset Owner Alliance and has pledged all of its investment portfolios will be net zero by 2050. We spoke to the Storbrand CEO, Jan-Erik Sorgestad, about how climate change is shaping the company's investment strategy. Jan-Erik Sorgestad, welcome to Business of Weather. Thank you very much. Right, let's uh, just get the ball rolling by asking a few questions about Storbrand. How much money does Storbrand have under management? And how is this split between institutional and retail investors and also, can you name any of your larger clients, such as pension funds? Thank you, Ian. Um, Stormbrand manage uh, 91 billion US dollars. Uh, and uh, as you, you mentioned, we, we serve a wide range of clients, ranging from retail clients through municipalities, pension schemes and universities. And um, if I were to mention the... Uh, a couple of, of clients that have allowed us to do so. Uh, in here, we have the University of Helsinki. Uh, we have uh, a pension scheme on Iceland, LSR. Uh, we have uh, the municipality of Stockholm. Uh, and um, uh, also in, in Norway, several pension schemes, but also uh, the insurance company. Okay, thanks for that. Now. I understand that you've been an advocate of sustainable investing since the mid-1990s and are a founding signatory of the UN Principles for Responsible Investment. Tell me, what do you believe are the main risks to investors posed by climate change? As you point to, Storbrand has been uh, an active, sustainable uh, investor for more than 25 uh, years. And uh, climate risk is certainly acknowledged as one of the greatest risks facing uh, humanity. 
And uh, clearly it represents a risk to our long-term economic growth. And as a long-term investor, uh, we do depend on a sustainable economic growth. So that's the, if you like, the, the, the macro perspective. If you dig further into the climate risk, of course, um, frequent and severe climate-related events uh, may cause major impact on, on products and services and supply chains. Uh, you know, extreme weather events, uh, increased fires, droughts, hurricanes, flooding, uh, but also uh, very much related to climate risk uh, is, is uh, biodiversity and, and clearly loss of biodiversity is a, is a key uh, business risk uh, and um, relevant for us uh, as investors. Right, now tell me, how has your investment strategy changed in recent years when it comes to, for example, fossil fuel companies and other companies considered to harm the environment? Is Storbrand now an active divester in such companies? Over the years, we have really been pushing the boundaries for how we invest. Um, and um, clearly, um, there are certain companies we are not invested with. Uh, uh, there are certain business activities we are not invested in uh, and, and companies that we believe represent a high investment risk. Um, on the flip side, there is also many companies uh, and an increasing amount of companies um, that provide solutions to the problems. And uh, uh, also, of course, uh, the major part of the companies are adapting their existing businesses to position themselves well for the growth opportunities that are represented by the Sustainable Development Goals, or for that matter, the Climate Goals of, of the Paris Agreement. So I would definitely say that we are not sort of positioning ourselves as an active uh, divester. Our intent is to stay invested. Um, we want to invest in solutions we want to actively engage in order to help companies transform and contribute to the green transition that is required uh, and divesting is really the last resort uh, is when we believe the company is not willing to change their business uh, when they don't uh, understand the uh, risk associated with their existing business practice um, so that's, uh, if you like, uh, the last resort. Right, OK. Now, you mentioned the opportunities of investing uh, which are being uh, created. How, where do you think the main opportunities for uh, investment lie in, uh, in respect of climate change and sustainability? Well, <clears throat> when we look at uh, solutions, it, it's across many teams, uh, both um, climate, uh, sustainable infrastructure in cities, circular economy, and also empowerment, i.e. bringing uh, financial services and, and communication services and health services to a wider audience at an affordable price. Coming back to the climate issue, um, of course, there, there are significant opportunities if you look in the sort of renewable energy space, uh, uh, energy distribution, energy storage, um, and basically the whole value chain um, in order to provide uh, energy. Uh, 
but also in, in when you look at um, also production of, of uh, different uh, uh, raw materials. Right, thanks for that. Now let's just uh, take a look at uh, Stallbrand's investors. How do your investors perceive the impact of climate change and issues of sustainability? How does Storbrand engage with investors on climate change related type issues? Well, uh, when uh, you refer to, to investors uh, in Storbrand, it, it's really, I, I guess, uh, clients of Storbrand you're referring to. Clients, I mean investors in your funds. Exactly. And, um, you know, it, it's been a journey. Uh, if we go back in time, uh, you know, the, the awareness on, on, on climate issues and uh, the awareness on sustainability issues uh, were not that common. Uh, so it was uh, a lot of uh, NGOs and, and, uh, and uh, uh, a, a more limited group of, of uh, clients that really were uh, interested in sustainable investing and what we had to, to offer. Uh, that has changed dramatically. I would say in the course of the last uh, five years, it has now become a requirement uh, from most clients uh, that we have a, a clear sustainability policy uh, and that uh, the investments contributes in the right uh, direction. That is at least true uh, if you look at many of the, the Nordic uh, clients. Now, uh, many investors say they feel ongoing engagement with companies to get them to change their acti activities is more effective than uh, divesting from them. Have you not found such corporate engagement to be effective in getting companies to green their activities? Absolutely. We, we share that perspective that uh, just working through the cost of capital uh, through uh, divesting or for that matter investing in solutions um, will work but it's, it's, a, it's a long time horizon. Uh, engagement uh, can in many cases have a, a, a sizable impact and a quicker impact. Uh, so we definitely do a lot of engagement uh, uh, to some extent directly uh, with to, on, uh, individual companies, uh, but in most cases uh, we work through uh, alliances like the Climate Action 100 Plus, to mention one very sizable alliance. Business of Weather, spotlighting the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change. Right, now one UK newspaper has said that while Storbrand is one of the many major financial institutions divesting from industries considered to be harmful to the environment, it is believed to be the first to actually sell shares in companies which use their influence to slow the pace of climate action. Is this correct? And what is the process you use to decide which companies are using their influence to obstruct climate action? It is correct. Uh, and it's part of our uh, renewed climate strategy. And uh, if we want to create change, uh, we believe uh, it's important that the investors, companies and governments uh, pull in the same direction. Uh, because if we, need, if we want successful investments, we also need uh, successful uh, regulation. 
And uh, that is why we included a, a lobby criteria uh, in our sustainability policy uh, because companies that are pulling in the wrong direction uh, are not only representing an, a, a risk uh, and they are, are slowing down the process of getting a more sustainable growth, uh, but clearly uh, in, in many cases uh, the lobbying activity is also uh, reflecting a, a lack of recognition of the challenges and had, um, and as such maybe uh, represent a, 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 a risk of that particular uh, company that we want to avoid. After all, we're a long-term investor, we need sustainable growth, we need sustainable regulation, and we need companies that uh, want to contribute to that. Right now, do you think the fossil fuel companies and others you consider are engaged in activities which are harmful to the environment have been very successful in lobbying policymakers in respective areas such as regulation? The lobby criteria is really consisting of, of three elements. So one is the stance of the organisation, the other is uh, the, the company's uh, membership in different uh, associations uh, and at the level of activity. Uh, at least you know, coming to your question how efficient this lobbying has been, um, I think there is a, now a recognition uh, among uh, politicians that in some areas investors are actually uh, leading uh, the way uh, and the governments are following. Uh, whether that is uh, as a consequence of, of uh, lobbying uh, or there are other reasons for that, uh, at least there is a recognition that we, the government has to move uh, uh, faster. Right. Can, can you tell me which companies you've actually uh, withdrawn your investments from for lobbying uh, policymakers in, in areas such as regulation? Which companies have you actually divested from to date? We... Uh, Announced uh, our or made an announcement uh, on our new climate policy uh, earlier uh, or early last uh, last week, and and in uh, that announcement we uh, we also were transparent in terms of uh, five companies that were, uh, if you like, uh, excluded for our from our investment universe, and that was uh, BASF, uh, Chevron, Exxon, Rio Tinto and the Southern Company uh, in the US. Right, so some pretty big companies there. Are, you, are there any more in your sites, on your list for potential divestment? As I said, our objective is not to sort of expand uh, on the list of, of uh, companies we, we divest from. Uh, but we do uh, monitor uh, on a broad basis um, lobbying activity. Um, and um, as a matter of fact, we, we use uh, a lot of insight uh, and data from InfluenceMap to help us in that work. And of course, uh, we gain experience uh, in our work in the alliances um, in terms of um, engagement and, and uh, uh, insight into lobbying activities. Business of Weather, spotlighting the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change.
Oil companies such as ExxonMobil, Chevron and the, the many other big players in the global oil market are pretty important investments for the likes of pension funds and other investors because of the significant dividends they pay. If you don't invest in such companies, how can you maintain the dividend levels you need to meet your clients' requirement for income? We have been investing in a sustainable way um, for more than 25 years. Um, our sustainability policy uh, underpins all our investment activities. Uh, and we have uh, been able to provide our clients with market or, or better uh, uh, better um, than market return uh, based on, on this uh, policy. Uh, clearly, oil and gas, we, we will need oil and gas companies in the transition. Um, we have committed ourselves to a net, uh, uh, to a climate neutral uh, portfolio consistent with the Paris Agreement by 2050. Uh, but over these years, we, we will need oil and gas companies. However, we will need oil and gas companies that recognize the challenge, that uh, assess their investment plans, um, and uh, are able to channel their cash flow either back to us as investors uh, or into more uh, renewable areas where they have a competitive advantage. So uh, there are still several uh, oil and gas companies that uh, we are invested with um, and uh, we highlighted both uh, BP and, and Equinor as two companies that are, um, uh, are uh, moving uh, in the right direction and moving uh, reasonably uh, fast. Right, thanks for that. Now, do you think companies which are engaged in environmentally harmful activities should aim to cease these activities altogether wherever possible, rather than try, for example, to mitigate them by using carbon offsetting or carbon capture and storage technologies? Well, that there are certain uh, uh, sectors we have uh, decided to uh, divest from completely. And, uh, um, and I'm then thinking about coal uh, and, and oil sands. And uh, we do not believe that uh, these sectors uh, um, should represent uh, any part of the future energy mix. Uh, when you talk about carbon and sorry carbon capture and storage, um, uh, clearly to, to deploy that at scale uh, and cost efficient um, would indeed be part of the solution. The problem is that at the moment, uh, that technology is not available uh, or it remains very expensive. Uh, and we, we therefore think that it, it's, uh, we need to be very cautious uh, to base uh, our strategy uh, to reach the Paris Agreement on carbon capture and storage. We need to see a, a clear reduction in the use of uh, fossil uh, fuels. If I can just return to ExxonMobil, last December, the people of the state of New York lost a legal action against ExxonMobil. This action alleged that the company had fraudulently misled the state of New York, which is a major investor in the company, uh, about the impact of its activities on climate change. 
Do you believe legal actions by investors against fossil fuel and other polluting type companies will increase in the future? It is difficult to predict, but um, clearly there is a legal risk for companies that knowingly pollute and, and contribute significant to uh, environmental degradation uh, or, or climate uh, change. Um, so, um, yes, I, I do think uh, legal action is likely to, to increase in the future. Uh, and it's increasingly also uh, recognized that uh, the board's responsibilities when it comes to uh, both assess climate risk and uh, have the appropriate financial disclosure of climate risk uh, is increasing. Okay, now, one final question. Looking ahead, how do you see the role of the investment community in respect of climate change evolving? Do you see regulation becoming an increasingly important issue for the investment community? Coming back to my, my point that um, we really need uh, to contribute to a sustainable uh, growth. Historically, investors have been engaging with companies. Uh, we have been divesting for certain businesses and we have been investing in, in solutions. Um, I think increasingly there is, it will be a recognition that it's really investors, companies and governments. Uh, and I expect that the investment community uh, increasingly also will engage with governments in order to um, um, in order to uh, ensure that the uh, regulation uh, and legislation uh, will support a sustainable growth. Okay, well, that concludes today's interview. Jan-Erik Sorgestad, CEO of Storebrand Asset Management, thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. You've been listening to Business of Weather, the only podcast dedicated to the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change.